0: Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business.
1: What is up, guys? Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. So excited to be with you guys today and to start the new year. Hope you guys are having a great new year in your business so far, and happy to have you here with me on the podcast as you know and can you know obviously hear and see there's been a little bit of a shift as now we are down to one episode a week. But you know I really do appreciate you guys and I'm excited to still bring you some amazing content here in 2024. But as discussed at the end of 2023 uh for January I am basically gonna introduce the episodes but share a few of my favorite interviews with you and then get back to new original content with you come February of 2024. but And so I wanted to share with you guys again, you know, again, a few episodes this month on some of my favorite interviews. And at the top of that list always is my interview with Jesse Cole. And I've shared it a couple times before, but I really am focused so much this year in my real estate business, On branding and setting myself apart. And I've got a bunch of things in the works that I am doing to really set myself apart that I'll share with you guys over the next few months. But I think being unique and different and creative is so abnormal in the real estate business. And so I want you to think about how are you standing out? And so There's probably no one better for that than Jesse Cole, the owner of the Savannah Bananas, and you know you probably know his story. But if you don't or you're new with us, I will share that interview I did with him a couple years ago today on the podcast. But it's very interesting as I was you know thinking about re-releasing that episode and even listening to it again. Just all the things. Jesse did to stand out. Um, And so I really want to encourage you this year to stand out in your business. Um, You know, one of my goals this year is to read more. And I don't read a ton of books, I'll be honest. But I'm telling you, there are five that I'm very committed to reading this year. And three of them are written by Jesse Cole. Um, so his first book, Find Your Yellow Tux, I started a couple weeks ago, end of December or maybe mid-December, and I'm working my way through that. His other book, his second book, is Fans First. Um, and then his newest book is Banana Ball and that I actually had on my Christmas list and received as a Christmas gift. And so, You know, it's not just about my love for baseball or sports. I love what Jesse is doing with the Savannah Bananas because he has basically said, you know, we don't care that this is normal. We don't care that this is the way things are done. We are going to do things differently and actually more often than not do the exact opposite of what everyone is doing. And so I hope as you listen to this episode today, you can think about doing things different in your business. I believe now more than ever that different works. You know, the Savannah Bananas on TikTok. Now again, TikTok is not the end-all be-all. I'm not saying that. But on TikTok, they have 7.8 million followers. The Yankees, probably one of the biggest or most followed major league franchises, has 1.2 million followers on TikTok. The Dodgers, who are one of the biggest teams in Major League Baseball and just signed Shohei Ohtani and other amazing players this offseason, $1.2 million. And, you know, it's funny, too, my buddy and mentor, Vincent Puglisi, uh, I, I don't think I've ever shared this, but he was on a, a meeting once with Jesse Cole. Probably years ago, he met Jesse online for something, and he said, hey, like, the yellow tux thing is cool, But it's like a a shtick, a gimmick. When are you going to give it up? And Jesse said to Vincent, like, never, it's not going to happen. And it's funny now because, of course, the Savannah Bananas have taken off. And uh, Vincent and Jesse were actually at an event together speaking. And Vincent went up to him and said, I don't know if you remember, but I, like, doubted you years ago. Uh, You know, congratulations. I certainly was wrong. And Jesse actually did remember him and how he stood up to him and said, uh, you know, oh, the yellow tux thing will not work. But the biggest thing there is, again, I mean, it's fine to push back on things, but Jesse basically said like, no, we are going to do this. So I think a big part of, you know, branding and setting yourself apart is this commitment to this brand, whatever it is you decide that brand is. Jesse would kind of describe that as finding your yellow tux, as I've been reading about in his book. So I hope you guys enjoy this. We will talk more about branding and being your authentic self this year. You know, as you hear this, definitely check out Jesse Cole. Check out uh Larry Roberts, who's great at this. Larry Roberts, Red Hat Media. Check out Mike Sherrard, one of the leaders at the EXP Wolf Pack. He's got the he's got the Lamborghinis, and not only that, but the purple Lamborghini. So you know him when you see the purple Lamborghini. And not only that, but um, you know, he even uh I was on a call with him a few uh, weeks ago, and I kind of busted his chops because one of his recent posts was he had a wolf. He had a buddy who owned wolves, and he did a photo shoot with you know his wolf pack gear, his Lamborghini, and a wolf. And so it was absolutely wild, but this is the important of branding when you brand things uh, and when you you know really dive deep into your brand it can set you apart so anyway I'll shut up and I'll let you hear from Jesse Cole a lot of good stuff in this interview so I hope you guys if you have not heard it enjoy it or you know even if you have heard it I hope you can take a nugget away from it that maybe you didn't hear the first time so enjoy and I will see you guys next week On today's episode, I have a very special guest to share with you. I'm excited to welcome Jesse Cole to the show. Jesse is an amazing business owner of the Savannah Bananas in Savannah, Georgia. He is also a speaker, an author of the book, Find Your Yellow Tux, and the host of the Business Done Differently podcast. Jesse, thank you so much for taking time with us today and welcome to the show. Pumped to be
0: with you, my friend. I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of different keynotes. A lot of times I've spoke to uh, real estate groups and
1: realtors, and I, I love I love the business, love the industry, and excited to be with you. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you. As we jump into it, again, thank you so much. I'm excited to have you here because I first heard about the Savannah Bananas probably three or four months ago. So I was talking to someone who's in real estate, and I said, you know, I'm just trying to do business differently. You know, right before we started, we got in here, we, we you were talking about how many realtors there are. And this friend said to me, if you want to do business differently, you should check out Jesse Cole and what he's doing with the Savannah Bananas. So, of course, I had no idea who you were at that point, checked it out and was like, oh my goodness, what this guy has done there is amazing. I'd love to speak with him. And then, you know, two and a half months later, saw you on the ESPNSC featured where they spent a few minutes highlighting what you guys were doing. And so that is exciting. Thank you so much. And I'm sure that was an exciting opportunity for you guys to be featured on ESPN.
0: Yes, that it was. It was a wild ride this summer from USA Today to CBS Sports to Boston Globe to ESPN. We were very, very fortunate. The overnight success that's taken 15 years. But uh, no, it's very <laughs> kind of you to share that. I mean, the fact that what you just shared, I think, is the power of creating a unique, uh, memorable experience. So you've never been to Savannah. You've never seen our team, but someone. And shared uh, about us that I'm guessing probably that person might not even seen the game either, but they have seen the things that we've done. And it really hasn't been marketing. It's just been talking and sharing about the unique experience. So uh, I'm glad that your friend shared and, and welcome to the bananas world. Welcome to Banana Nation.
1: <laughs> Thank you, sir. So for those who have not heard from you, and many have at this point, but I would love for you to just take a couple of minutes, speak about how you do business differently. You obviously, we talked about realtors and things like that. There's 1,000 realtors just in my county here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And so I often have to think, and when I'm coaching and training people, I often have to say, okay, well, you have to do business differently. How are you going to do it? If there's a thousand realtors here, how are you going to stick out? So can you just kind of give us a few minutes about what your journey has been like there? Sure. Very
0: simple. I mean, the greatest business owners, the greatest entrepreneurs, they solve a problem and they solve it better and more uniquely than anyone else. So for us, my story quickly, I started as a general manager of a baseball team at 23 years old. The only way you get a job as a GM at 23 is it has to be one of the worst teams in the entire country. And it was. Uh, I took over Gastonia, North Carolina, uh, the Gastonia Grizzlies. There was only $268 in the bank account, 200 fans coming to the games. The team had lost over six figures the previous year. Very quickly, I made phone calls, reached out in the community, and they said, we don't like baseball. Business owners, whether it was churches, whether it was everybody that I talked to said that baseball is too long, too slow, too boring. That was the cornerstone of the problem that I was trying to solve. Most people, when you think of baseball business, they don't think. Oh, I don't think. Oh, that, that's a fun business. That's exciting. You're in it. But I realize maybe it's fun to play, and maybe the idea of it is fun. But the idea of paying money to sit down and watch a baseball game is not fun. So that was the fundamental problem that we were trying to solve. And so in Gastonia, between lots of failures, we had Grandma Beauty pageants. Our players did choreographed dances. We had Salute to Underwear nights, Flatulence Fun nights, Dig to China nights. We did it. We tried it. And uh, over 10 years, had success, went from 200 fans a game to 2,000 fans a game We're selling out. That point, long story short, bought an expansion team, went to Savannah, Georgia, where there was professional baseball for 90 years. Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, Jackie Robinson, they all played at that ballpark. Unfortunately, no one came to the games. And uh, the minor league team, the New York Mets affiliate left. We came in there, myself, my wife, our 24-year-old president, and three 22-year-olds straight out of college. What a crew that we had. And we showed up that first day. The former team cut the phone lines, cut the internet lines. They took everything out of the ballpark. We grabbed an old picnic table, put it into an abandoned storage building, started calling people in the community. Long story short, we failed. We sold only two tickets in our first three months. By January of 2016, we'd overdrafted our account. And my wife and I had to sell our house, empty out our savings account. We were sleeping on an airbed. We went from zero debt to $1.8 million in debt. And it was that point we said, shoot, sure, we better get out of it. We just got married. We're struggling. And so we had to be dramatically different. So we named the team after a fruit. We became the Savannah Bananas <laughs> and uh, came up with a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas. You know, grandmas in their 60s and 70s that danced to Bruno Mars and Justin Timberlake. Named our mascot, Split. Came up with a male cheerleading team called the Mananas. But now they're just referred to as the Dad Bod Cheerleading Squad. Our players started doing music videos to Can't Stop the Peeling, brought in a breakdancing first base coach, a banana pep band, a banana baby that we hoist up in the air like Simba before every game, <laughs> and turned it into a circus. And lo and behold, the fans came to that first game. They went nuts. They told everyone. And since we've sold out every single game for the last six years, our wait list is over 12,000 for tickets, and people fly all over the country to hope to come to a game. And it's been something i would never imagined. And that's the long story short, and a lot of failures in between. And we did a lot of things to try to create a unique experience that really has got our fans, you know, raving at this point about what we do.
1: Yeah, raving so much that me, who's never even been to Savannah has heard about you, research and people that are promoting it. And so I love what you're doing. You know, I love what you said there kind of towards the end of that answer about a lot of failure along the way, because my next question for you was, again, you, you sort of joked earlier, oh, you know, 15 years, of the 15 minute of fame that's been 15 years of failure along this whole journey, you know, with you, your wife, Emily, everything you've built there. I've seen the success. What has been the hardest
0: part? So I get asked this question a lot. And again, we're fortunate to be on stages and share our story. But for me, I don't focus on the past. I'm always focusing on the future. I focus on the next at bat. When I was a kid, I played baseball. And five years old, my dad used to tell me, Jesse, swing hard in case you hit it. And every time I came up, swing hard in case you hit it. And I know I swung and missed a lot. I know I struck out, but I don't remember that. I remember the home runs, the first home run I hit over the fence when I was 10 years old. I remember the three home run game I had later in my career. I remember those. And I think people remember the hits, they remember the home runs, they don't remember the failures. What is the hardest part? I think now it is a responsibility. You know, we grew from just four 22 to three 22 year olds and a 24 year old. You know, now we have 25 year round full time staff, 150 part time staff. I feel I have a responsibility to make sure that we continue to grow and make a difference and make an impact. And the way we grow, Most companies, what they do is they have conversations on how do they grow revenue? How do they grow sales? That seems like the easy way to do it. We have our conversations on how do we grow fans? How do we create more fans? It's a different conversation. In real estate as well, it's not how can we sell more houses? How can we get more commissions? How do you create more fans that love what you do, that you're always there for them, whether you're selling a house to them or whether you're not? It's a different conversation. And so when we eliminated all of our sponsorship from our stadium, Two weeks before the pandemic, one of the dumbest financial moves you could ever do. Let's throw away hundreds of thousands of dollars two weeks before a pandemic. Brilliant. When we threw away that, when we threw away our shipping fees, when we actually have one ticket at our ballpark, that is all you can eat. There's no other tickets. You don't just come in and buy a burger, buy a hot dog. Everything's for free when you come in the stadium. When you make all those decisions, it's not easy. And it sucks at first. Serving all you can eat to 4,000 fans was a disaster the first few games. It was a failure. When we first threw away all our sponsorship money, we know, had no idea where the other revenue was going to come from. When you said, oh, hey, we're going to throw away all of our shipping fees for merchandise, when we ship merch all over the world, we had no idea where the money was going to come from. But we knew we were going to create fans. And so I think the hardest thing is the uncertainty to make sure that we can take care of the people, take care of our biggest fans, our employees, when not knowing where that next dollar is going to come from. That's the biggest challenge. But when you play the long game, and we're not focused on quarters, we're focused on quarter centuries. When you play that game, it's a lot easier to live with yourself
1: on tough decisions. That's awesome. I appreciate that. And it's cool to hear, you know, don't look back, look forward. That's amazing. One of the things that I think really stuck out, and it might have been, you know, when my friend mentioned you, and then that first thing that you mentioned on ESPN, the first thing that comes on that clip says, without promotion, something terrible happens, nothing. And that really stuck out to me because, you know, when I'm not, selling houses. And when I'm not coaching realtors, I do social media coaching for businesses. And just last week, I was on with someone and they said, actually, she lives in Savannah. She was the one that told me. And she said, well, I don't like using my Facebook page to promote my business. And I said, well, like people already love you. Like, so now you're just not telling them what you're doing. And so as you've built this, right, that phrase without promotion, something terrible happens, nothing. What is it about that? Like, do you ever kind of feel like, oh, I'm pushy or salesy? Or like, how do you do it in a way that like, no, people just love you, love what you're doing, and you're not being pushy and like, oh, come buy tickets? Well, that quote is from the great P.T. Barnum. and That's where yeah. I've read every book on
0: P.T. Barnum and Walt Disney and i learned so much. So without promotion, something terrible happens, nothing. I believe that if you don't love what you do and who you serve, that you want to scream it on the top of mountains then you may not be in the right business. If you ask all of our ticket people, all of our team, they said they've never sold a ticket in their day. People want to buy, they don't want to be sold. And so how do you get people to buy? You share what you do. You share stories. You share about the impact. You don't tell them to come buy. You don't tell them, you know, hey, I need to sell this to you. The reality is when you love something so much and are so passionate about it right now, I will give, share some of the lessons we've learned, but you can be able to tell, I love the Savannah Bananas and I love them so much that I love the feeling that literally fans will line up five hours before a game. Fans will travel 40 hours in car and then drive 40 hours the next day, which has happened to Utah, to go to a game. I love that so much that I have an obligation and I share those stories. And what happens is that people say, I want to experience it. So the power of promotion, I think we just all need to be storytellers. What's your story? Is it worth reading? And then the question I have from there is, if you really want to figure out whether your product experience service is remarkable enough. Think like a reporter. If you're a news reporter, do you want to write about your business? Do you want to write about your real estate firm? Do you want to write about you as a realtor? If the answer is no, then unfortunately you're not doing something remarkable enough. We spend zero dollars on marketing, but we spent thousands on the experience. Thousands. A pep band every game? We actually have a professional (laughs) high fiver, a six-year-old kid that we pay. We pay a high fiver at the games. We pay a princess. We have Princess Potassia. It doesn't even make sense, but she sings every game in a yellow dress. We pay her. We pay our male cheerleading team. We invest all in that. And what happens is we start getting reached out to by USA Today, Boston Globe, Entrepreneur Magazine, all of a sudden, because they want to cover someone that's doing something unique. When we eliminated all of our advertising from our stadium, which no team had ever done, is not dumb enough to do, the Washington Post literally did a feature story on it. The Wall Street Journal started talking about our banana ball because we invented a new game that's a faster, better game. And so we promote by creating a unique experience. So as a realtor, what are you doing that's so unique? That's not just, oh, here's our open house. Here's the sign that we put out in front. All right, here's our online listing. Oh, come get a virtual tour. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've done it a bunch of times. That's not remarkable enough. Everyone does that. You know what normal gets? Normal gets normal results. Whatever's normal, do the exact opposite map the experience of a normal experience someone has with a realtor to buy a house and then say, what would be the opposite? And it's little things. I remember seeing a sign on the front said, free pizza if you buy this house. (laughs) I took a picture of it. I thought it was hilarious. It was like a $500,000 house. Wait, I'm gonna get a $10 pizza for our $500. Hilarious, simple little thing that's remarkable. What if you're known as the pizza realtor? You are just, you get pizzas everywhere. Wherever you go, there's always pizzas with you. I spend $10,000 a year on pizzas. That's remarkable. You're called the pizza realtor. But my point is, on our website, we have what makes us different. And I have everything from playing in kilts, from the all-inclusive tickets, from grandma coaches, from the high five. We have lists of so many different things that we do different. So what we're doing is we're giving ammunition for everybody that experiences us to promote us instead of us having to promote ourselves. What ammunition are you giving your customers, your clients, your partners, your fans to promote you? If you're not doing something different, unique, and memorable and remarkable, you don't have that ammunition. Find that ammunition, start creating the remarkable.
1: I love that. And it's so awesome because even when you speak about that, you get so excited and you can tell that, like, you know, you're not just selling, you actually believe in it. You're so passionate about the Savannah bananas and everything you're doing, and so passionate about doing things differently. And I love it. When you guys were on the ESPN, SE featured it, it talked a little bit about Emily and you guys meeting and then, you know, her coming to, Sav- you guys visited Savannah and that's how this all happened. I would love to know what it's like. You guys do this together. So what is that like to have, you know, because every entrepreneur, I think one of the biggest questions I hear is like, well, I wish my spouse was like supportive of my journey, supportive of what I'm doing. It sounds like you have that not only supportive, but like she's all in with you it's your job
0: to be supportive of your spouse. Anybody that says, I wish my spouse was more supportive, look in the mirror, play Man in the that. Mirror by yep. Michael Jackson and <laughs> listen to that song. Take a look at yourself and make that change. I know that song because I actually play it in my keynotes, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I really despise that. I wish my wife was more supportive. I wish my husband was more supportive. Yeah. I, I think the reality is we need to look and say, As an entrepreneur, how are we being supportive to the other one? Look at the opposite way. So, for me, uh, very fortunate. So, my wife has an amazing, close family, three brothers. She's the oldest. Parents were amazing raising her. I was an only child. My parents got divorced, completely different kind of background. Mm -hmm. And Emily, when she knew my dream was to really build something special with the bananas. She left where her family was. We moved down to an island in Savannah, literally an island next to nobody our age, no friends, no support system, because she was there to pursue my dream. And as soon as a few years later, I found out more about Emily's dream. And she shared with me and learned that there's 500,000 kids in the US that don't have a home. Mm -hmm. And she shared with me the foster system. And over and over again, she shared with me. I said, this dream I'm going to help pursue and help be there for. So we left Savannah. Right now I'm talking to you in Belmont, North Carolina. Emily's parents live across the street. Her whole family lives in this community. We are foster parents in this community. How many people live five hours away from their job? You know, now remote, 100%, but a job which you have to be there. And so we have this system where we know what each other's dreams are, and we go all in on supporting them. And so I'm here in the off season supporting our dream. We just brought our, our two kids to school. And I know you have two, two young ones as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a complete understanding. What we do every morning, I start my day with gratitude. I write thank you notes. I write what I'm grateful for. Every night at dinner, myself, my wife, our two three-year-old kids, before we eat, we say, what are we grateful for? It's not just something we do on Thanksgiving. And then yeah. when we go to bed, Emily and I do rose, rose, bud. A rose is something great from the day. And a bud is something we look forward to we surround ourselves with gratitude. And by sharing what we're grateful for, we have a different lens that we look at everything. And so it starts with this mutual support and understanding. She knows when I go and fly and give keynotes, when I go to Savannah and I do all that, she's all in. When I'm here, I'm all in on being that dad, being supportive of the foster system and what we're trying to accomplish. So I think with anything, I hate that cliche, it's about communication, but being very clear on what you do best, what gives you energy and going all in on what gives you energy. Everybody should have their energy list. John, literally, what gives you energy? This fires me up right now. So I'm doing this. Emily dropped the kids off at school. We go and do what gives us energy. And she will always want me to do that. And I always want her to do what gives her energy. We talk about it, we do it, we follow through, and we're still learning. It's
1: still a challenge, but that's what makes it fun. I love that, dude. I've asked that question to so many people. And I think that's the best answer I've ever received. I love that. Thank you so much. A couple more questions before we finish out. I want to honor your time. So like, I mean, you, you kind of just shared, especially with the foster system and everything else, but with so many things going on, the book, keynote speaker, podcast, being in a, one of the most successful you know, small town baseball teams, how do you find margin and balance in your life?
0: Energy. I'm going to come back to this. Yep. So let's talk about the problem. Here's when I did it. When you feel burnt out, when at the end of the day, you feel exhausted, what yeah. I challenge everyone to do is an audit of their daily schedule. And this is what I had to do. In the beginning, you know, I was young, 23, 24, running around, but I was doing concessions. I was doing hiring. I was doing sponsorship. I was doing finance. I was running the team. I had the energy, but I was kind of, at the end of the day, like, what am I doing? I'm doing a little bit of everything. And as I grew and we built our business, I realized the days that I'm burnt out at 5 o'clock, 5.30, I was doing things that wore my mind up. Examples, Details. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a visionary. All right. Details. I'm not, if, I'm, if I'm having to map out an expense budget or having to lay out a little an itinerary, I'd rather pull my hair out. I actually think I probably have pulled my hair out during that. But when I'm doing three things and I found out, so I started realizing in the days that I'm on fire, and I mean, just fired up, there's three things I'm doing. I'm either creating, sharing, or growing. And I looked at what that means. So creating. So every day when I wake up, I do 10 new ideas. If I start writing out ideas, start creating new movie scripts, promotional ideas, if I'm on the phone with a uh, mechanical bowl company to get a mechanical ball in our bullpen, these are things that I actually do. If I'm trying to talk to a group that has monkeys, that can train monkeys so we can have a ball monkey that delivers balls to the umpire, fires me up. That's yep. creating, okay? That's creating. Sharing on a stage, talking to our team, sharing the vision, mm-hmm. doing an interview with any type of news station, doing a podcast, sharing, yep. fires me up. And then growing, reading, learning. Uh, podcast. Every morning I go for a run and I listen to a new business podcast, helps me grow. Then I read for a little bit, growing, going to a conference, growing. So any of those three, I do. If I mix in a podcast today where I'm sharing, if I did some creative ideas in there, if I'm growing at the end of the day at five o'clock, I am fired up to go spend time with my kids because I did things that gave me energy. And then I can be my best dad. I can be the best husband. I can be the best for our people. So it's very simple to me. It's just find what gives you energy, not what you like, not necessarily what you love, what gives you energy? We all need more energy. And when people talk to me, like, you got so much energy, I go, yeah, because I'm doing what gives me energy. It's very simple. So that, that's what drives me.
1: I love it, man. I love it. That's so interesting. That's so encouraging. And I think for realtors, it's so funny. When I'm coaching or training realtors, they're like, oh, well, I'm going to try hosting open houses. I'm going to try cold calls. And I'm like, I don't do that stuff. I don't do that stuff. I've built a successful business and I don't do it. Everybody in your company is going to tell you, go do it. I think it's a waste of time. I think it's a waste of money. I still laugh. My first open house I hosted, had zero people showed up, and I spent $60 on balloons and candy. It was like I threw a birthday party for myself and no one showed up. It was so awkward. And so I just, that stuff doesn't excite me. I don't wanna come home from church and leave my kids and my wife at home on Sunday from one to three. I don't wanna do it. I wanna stay home, have lunch with my kids, watch for, you know, whatever. It's so true. And I love that. And you kind of already answered the next question. I said, I would love to know what keeps you motivated and doing new things and trying them. That's it. Your energy, you get excited, what you get excited about, and you wake up and try new ideas. So I love... This is so exciting. And I think this is why I love these types of interviews, because I think I can bring famous and really great realtors on here. Nobody cares about that, really. Like They care about what are other business people doing? How can I be more like that? Because the success you've built there, and it's been a lot of hard work. And like I, I see that, but the success you've built that I want realtors to be like, what is he doing? How do I do that? So as we close out, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And as we close out, I would just love to know what you're up to over the next few months and where people who are listening can find out more about you and support what you're doing.
0: <laughs>
1: thank you. Just trying
0: to spread the, uh, the bananas fun. So I'm, I've been in five cities over the last week. I'm going to another five cities in the next 10 days. We are taking the banana show on the road. We had in our vision, you know, we did a 2025 vision and said to take the show on the road to eight cities over the next five years. Well, we might hit that eight cities this year alone. So oh we are goodness. pushing. We're pushing because we're going to reach out to you from different communities that want the pep band and the male cheerleading team and banana ball and all the fun. Uh, you know, in our banana ball games, if fans catch a foul ball, it's an out. So bring your glove. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy what we're doing. So I'm spreading that and fortunate to get to speak as well all over the country. So uh, where you can find me very simply search Jesse Cole. Uh, you search yellow tux, you can find me very easily. Uh, LinkedIn, I post every day or post very regularly. So very easy to find on there. And Savannah Bananas. So uh, very easy to find. Yellow tux, bananas. There's no other team in the country named Ever Fruit. There's no other guy silly enough to wear a yellow tux all the time. So that's where you can find me. And I, I appreciate a platform to share. And I think anyone that's providing value to others needs to be commended. So thank you very much, my friend.
1: Well, it's an honor to have you. Thank you again for all you're doing and what you're sharing with people and now getting to share all over the country. It's an honor to have you and thanks for your time. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode.